Cashflow Diary Podcast, episode 159. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. The podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leverage streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. Hey guys, all right. So here's what we're going to do on this particular episode. It's been a while since we've done one of these where many of you know that we have a special membership group where I do my best to help people get their first deals done. Uh, We've had a number of people raise their first bits of capital. We had some get some of their first transactions done, posting checks and all that good stuff. So we're going to give you in this episode a sneak peek of some of the things that we talk about in our weekly session. So I I come on uh, live just for them uh, on a weekly basis to give them live answers to their questions inside of their deals, etc. And I just want you guys to, to be in on it. Now, the other thing to remember, I also needed to remind you guys of one more thing. We are shooting for this goal of getting more reviews. As you already know, you've been paying attention. You got that. And here's what we're going to do. We're now going to have a drawing every week. Every week for the people who leave a review that week. So if you leave a review within the next uh, seven days, the next time before we do another episode on Monday, that is, uh, then what's going to happen is you're going to be entered into the drawing for that particular week. Obviously, we're going to be giving away a cash flow board game by the Rich Dad Company, and it's going to come all the way to you. Here's how you enter. Here's what you do to win. You just simply go to iTunes.com and leave us one of the written reviews. If you don't leave us a written review, I can't tell that it was you, so you can't win. Leave a written review. Here's the good news. Once you've entered, so the sooner you enter, you will always be entered every week. So right now we have the least number of people. There will always be the least number of people right now. So Everybody who's already left a review will be entered. And if you leave a review, you'll be entered beginning now. And every week from now until we're done, you will have a shot at winning a cash flow board game. So go ahead and make that happen. Give us that five star and make sure that you get over to iTunes. Leave that written review. And here's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to get you over to one of our Q&A sessions and I'm just going to let it play. All right, peoples, welcome to another Q&A with Jay. I'm glad that you guys are here. You probably noticed a YouTube video uh, at the beginning. One of the things I want to draw your attention to is if you go to the blog uh, ever uh, on the site, you'll see we're starting to produce. As you can see, we've got YouTube videos, so we're going to have three of those a week. Uh, We've got articles. We'll have at least one written article per week, uh, and we will also have two podcasts. week. So we've got six different items of content and I'm trying to, there you go, fit it all. Well, let me do this there. Nope. Still got to string a little bit more. You got all six of those right there from the last week. You can see them, the two YouTube videos. You can see the one article right over here and you can see the three podcasts. We're going to keep this up for you guys so that you're going to always be in the know, always have relevant content that's going to help you have the correct mindset and action set as you go out there to become bigger, better, better investors, just making sure that you guys stay on top of it. If you want to make sure that you receive notifications, it's easy. Uh, just go over to the YouTube channel, which is, oh, that's funny, <laughs> which is uh, the Cashflow Diary YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash cashflow diary. Make sure you hit the little subscribe button on the videos and you'll be completely fine. As I said, we will continually be adding more and more and more um, content uh, to the videos uh, on a three times per week, and you can see the replays of the Shark Tank recaps are also there as well. So just something to keep in mind. Another thing as a quick uh, update, uh, many of you were able to participate last week 
live, last week live, uh, in the Eight Keys to Capital. Uh, we're doing a recap this week. At the end of this week, it's going to be gone. You won't have access to it. It's going to go bye-bye. So if you want to get a shot at watching it, now is the time to do so. You can should be able to go over to the Facebook group, so it's very easy. If you're not a part of the Facebook group yet, you should be. Uh, just make sure you uh, click the community tab inside the training. So let me show you where that is. Just as a reminder, you're going to go right over here. So you're going to log in and when it comes in, it should say welcome to the Cashflow Core membership. You're going to click view community. When you do, it's going to take you over to Facebook and you're going to click a button right over here to join. Uh, and when you do, you'll be able to see this particular uh, posting right here, it should be pinned at the top for you so that you have the ability to watch it. You'll be able to click this link to watch the webinar key or recap. Again, it's three parts. You can watch all three parts because uh, we are about to launch the 2015 Raising Private Capital Mastermind Group. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you do not want to miss this simply because this is the mastermind group that did put one person into their ability to quit their job from last year. Uh, I'm guessing someone's going to do that again. I don't know. Maybe there'll be two people. Woohoo! That would be great. Uh, but just be prepared to do the homework and you'll be able to go out there and build your own investor database and make capital and things like that happen. So we're definitely looking forward to assisting you in that way. I just want to make sure that you guys know that you have the opportunity to go there, click the link to make that happen. Uh, as I've always, we've got the podcast being released every Monday and Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And it looks like we've got one, two, three, four, five-ish questions, plus whatever you guys are talking about in the chat room. Make sure that you type your questions in early so that I can make sure I see them and get that done. Um, awesome. So we've got one in the chat room. And which one do I want to do? Which one do I want to do? You know what? I'll do the chat room because it's probably easier. Uh, I approached an investor I know about uh, being an equity partner for a property I am purchasing. He has a, had had he has had a lot of success in investing and basically rebuilding a small city in New Jersey. He liked the information presented, but his business plan is focused on investing in New Jersey. The property is not in New Jersey. He asked me to provide a write-up of the deal and send it to him to circulate with the investors he knows. Is there an investor property package format somewhere in the cash flow diary? materials um no specifically because uh the 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 major issue is uh you can get into okay the rule is called solicitation and that's the that's what i'm always wary of and concerned about by giving this person a, a package if you will um it is possible. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. It's possible that the SEC could con, could construe that as him uh, soliciting people on your behalf for capital, which is a uh, forget which version of felony it is, but it is one of them. <laughs> and uh, so we've historically stayed away from uh, producing those packages, you say. Now, it's not that we don't produce them. I, we produce them, but we want to be a principal uh, in the transaction. He is not a principal. So I, I caution you against doing that. Now, the investor property package, it's in the cash flow complete course. Uh, we, we do it all the time. Uh, we have them readily available in terms of what you know has been produced my concern is you giving it to someone else saying here go shop that's that's really bad juju so let's 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 not start that habit i hear where you're going though i like where you're going the challenge is he's not a principal in the deal and it could be construed as him trying to raise capital on your behalf and i'm not saying he can't help you market. I'm just saying it's how it's done. It's been, it's just one of those gray lines that I don't like to cross. So that, that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. So I know that's not helpful, uh, per se, um, or as helpful as you'd like it to be, but I've got to follow the same rules. And typically you've never seen me like pass out a, a, an investor property package to anyone other than the persons I'm directly talking to and involved with, uh, because I don't want people trying to pass out to here 
you know, if I talk to an investor and then that investor happens to pass that along to other people, I can't prevent him from doing that. But I didn't have an arrangement whereby he and I said, all right, cool, I'll create this marketing material, you pass it out to all your friends and whatnot. That, that's, that's a challenge, that, that's a challenge. So uh, a flyer for the property is fine, but that's not, I don't think that's what Jill is asking for. I think Jill is asking for more than just a flyer. And, and you know, that's, 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 begin, that's, that's when you're beginning to cross or could be construed as crossing some of those lines that you don't want to cross. And that's, that's my concern. Now, he's free to circulate your information so that you can talk to people because you're, you're a principal in the deal. And that's, that's what we're after is the principal in the deal. So, but at the same time, you just ran into his investor identity. His investor identity is clearly... New Jersey. Uh, one of the categories of investor identity, if you remember from uh, the eight keys to capital training, was proximity or contiguity. How close is the property to them? And some people aren't comfortable outside you know, their own neighborhood. And in this case, he wants it in New Jersey. He has his reasons. That's great. So it doesn't matter how good the deal is. It's not in New Jersey. That's one of the things to keep in mind uh, as we continue. All right, so Billy has a six-unit apartment building. Billy, all the way in Spain. Please use the PAQ to analyze this opportunity. My objective is to buy and hold for this property for 30 years. Asking price is 333 Got it. Guys, when you're asking me to analyze, I don't know what I'm analyzing for. The point is, is when you're analyzing a deal, it's to determine something. Uh, is it? Does it meet a minimum return standard? It, I... What am I analyzing for? Otherwise, it's just a bunch of data and numbers. It doesn't mean anything. You have to analyze for a specific objective. Um, and I don't know what we're analyzing for. So, um, and understand that analysis like this is only, it's a moment in time. That's really it. It's a snapshot. So what is the percentage return per quadrant or total return on the investment. You would assume a purchase price of 285, 20% via private capital. Okay, the owner now lives 4,000 miles from the property and wants to get out of being a landlord, but he's not desperate. There's also two realtors between me and the seller. Well, that's a problem. Um, that's just a problem. Uh, no appreciation, so if there's well, what kind of, a, okay, Billy, there's some missing questions here. So uh, remember, there's five types of appreciation. So if we just look at some of the things on the quadrant, here's, what I, here's what's coming down. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, we have found, forced, Phased, do, 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 do. inflated, and passive. Okay, so we're not counting inflated and passive, but I have trouble the with the challenge. You say there's no appreciation, yet um, I there's an asking price of three thirty three with a purchase price of two eighty five. Where did that asking price come from? Is that the actual repair value? What what is the deal? I don't know. I don't know. Otherwise, there's no reason to get a 285 price if there is a reason to get a 285 price. Uh, additionally, what's the cap rate in the area is additional information that I need over here so that I could use this financial information to figure it out. Additionally, I also need to know this gross annual income. Is that gross annual income actually at market or is that below um, for the, was it two bedrooms? one bath and the one bedroom, one bath. I need these broken out per unit in order to be able to determine that. Uh, same thing with the taxes. I'm guessing $8,000 a year. That sounds a little expensive to me for something this small. I would like to know the square footage of this particular building um, in order to complete the information that you're asking. So uh, let's see. And then this 20% private capital, okay, that's, uh, how are you structuring that private capital? Where do you want it to be? So 
Guy, um, okay, I see. I'm glad you're here, Billy. I just saw your your question. It says, assuming that there is no appreciation, or is the difference in asking price and agreed price the found appreciation? Well, it could be. Yeah, that's exactly my challenge. <laughs> the difference between the asking price and the purchase price could be the found appreciation. That's why I'm like, what do you? If there's going to be no appreciation, you're buying at full retail. You're buying at full retail. Uh, you're, th- there can be no forced or phased appreciation, meaning by that definition, this $57,000 of gross annual income has to be market rent, uh, the max market rent possible. Uh, so that's the other thing. Uh, and there also has to, this has to be max market rent, 100% occupancy, no improvement from the management side whatsoever. Your operating expenses at $39,981 have to also be the lowest they could possibly be. This is why this is, this is tough uh, with the no appreciation because if that's the case, why would he sell? More importantly, why would they sell at a discount? And more importantly than any of that is why would you buy it? What are you actually buying it for if not to add some value? So we've got both of those things, especially with the, the private capital. Okay, 20% private capital all right, is that going to be quadrant three money, quadrant one money? Where is this private capital? Um, and then when you ask for a, a total return on investment, remember this, a return on investment is relative. There's a return on investment to you. There's a return on investment to the private capital. There's a return on investment for the deal in and of itself. Um, and who is it relative to? So. I mean, all of those things have to be considered in terms of the analysis. And the, the part of your biggest challenge out of everything that you've written here is that not the 4,000 miles, it's the two realtors, is how are you going to satisfy their desire for commission uh, when you're negotiating seller financing? I, I don't really know. Um, but those are, those are all the things. So... Um, I also find it curious that you give me the water and sewer, insurance, maintenance, and other expenses, and those do not add up to the $17,000, $595 that you're showing here. So I don't know. I'm like, if that's total annual expenses, why did you take the time to break out these and not the others? Because if so, then there's some numbers missing. Um, there's some just numbers missing. So you, there are, there's just more additional data that's required in order to get to where you're trying to go, um, in order to get where you're trying to go. So hopefully that, that helps. All right, Jeff's got a question. Finding plenty of deals that fit the initial go, no-go formulas, however, I'm not getting very far after speaking with the agent to get to the pain of the seller. Can you provide some guidance? Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, stop talking to agents. That's the guidance. <laughs> the, you you, you want to talk to the seller directly. Talking to the agent, good luck. Uh, we don't buy from, remember guys, we, we don't buy from agents when we're wholesaling deals or when we're trying, especially single family. Uh, we don't want to buy from agents. We want to buy from the seller directly. We find problems, not properties. Properties that are listed are in the retail marketplace. That's just like going to the store, so you're trying to go to the store on a day where they're not having a sale and you're asking for a discount. That's an uphill battle when you go through a realtor. What you want to do is you want to talk to them before it gets to the realtor and you got to find the problem and get that person to say, hey, cool, why don't you sell it to me? Why don't you sell it for me instead of me dealing with the realtor? That's where you are. That's what you're looking for there. Um... Realtors are a challenge. Yes, no doubt. It was copy and paste from the MLS. Got it and realized that I need a bit more. Yeah, the most of the information on the MLS is completely horribly in either a inaccurate or b incomplete um, because most of the realtors don't buy real estate and don't know what you, they think. Hey, I, I have a real estate license, and if I tell you all these smart sounding things, that's all you need to know. And the answer is no, it's not. I need more information, and and that more information is usually information they do not have, uh, which is again why I prefer to be seller direct. Um, however, this is a multifamily situation; they should have the information, but they probably don't because it's only a six-unit building, and a six-unit building is typically owned by someone who just tried to go from single-family to multifamily 
and they're just dipping their toe in the water, that type of thing. So it's a little mom and pop operator, which may be posed. That's part of the risk in this situation, by the way, is you may have to work around inaccurate or incomplete documentation. Uh, but a bigger challenge is the fact that you got two realtors in the middle and I don't know how you're going to absorb commission and still do seller financing at all. I, unless they're offering it. If they're, if they are offering it, then that's good. If they're not offering it and you think you're going to be able to negotiate seller financing with two realtors in the middle, I want you to record those phone calls so that I can hear them. Because <laughs> that, that's going to be really, really awesome to see you make happen. Um, let me see. Susan or C fluff to make it look better than it is. Yeah, that's absolutely true, Susan. That's a, ha, I was wondering when someone was going to ask that question. Hey, Sep, how are you? Glad you're here today. All right, so we'll just let the cat out of the bag. Um, Sep is asking, Jay, why are you considering California CRE, commercial real estate is what he means by that, by the way. Um, and I've, been, I've actually been on the phone talking to some brokers already. Um, specifically, in, in, the, in my realm of fantasy, I'm actually looking for a movie theater. That would be really, really awesome, I think. Uh, but if I can't buy a movie theater, uh, we don't, we're not really sure what we're going to buy, but the intent is we're going to syndicate capital, create an opportunity for people to pay in some California commercial real estate and have some fun with it. Um, I'm waiting on a few more listings. I've got some ideas. I want it near Orange County. Uh, why am I now considering it? It's, the rules are different. Uh, the, the, the short answer is the rules are different. Um, I can actually run a business without too much government intervention per se, and no matter how you slice it, um, we have great weather, we have good water, uh, meaning the beach, and because of that, people are always going to be here. Where people are going to be, they're gonna need a place to shop and eat, and remember, real estate is live, work, play, or lay. Work, they need a place to work, they need a place to play, and they need a place to lay, final resting place, etc. Uh, California is good for the work and the play, uh, type of real estate. I will not be doing office. I'm just being very clear. Uh, it'll likely be a commercial retail. It could be industrial, but not likely because um, uh, I'm, I'm open to that, but I, I don't have the resources at this moment for the industrial play, but we were open to building them. But commercial retail is most likely. Uh, some, again, uh, could even be uh, a gas station. Uh, we're looking at um, post offices. Um, as well, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not ruling too many things out per se. Uh, I am trying to keep it in Orange County, uh, however. Uh, that doesn't mean LA County's out, it's just, uh, as I told the guy yesterday, he's like, what about LA County? I told him, I was like, look, if I wanted to drive three hours, I might as well get on an airplane and do something in Colorado. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's gonna take me just as long to get there because it's in LA. So um, that, that's, that has a lot to do with it. Uh, I want something closer, and the economics of the situation can make it work. They, they can just make the num- The numbers can work from a commercial real estate standpoint. Uh, the numbers can work. That, that's really what it comes down to, is that the numbers can work, and we can do it here closer. And I think it would be neat. Uh, I think it would be neat. So I'm looking forward to the challenge. Um, I'm just looking forward to the challenge. So... Uh, trust me, if, if, for those of you who are curious or possibly want to assist or participate or partner in other ways, the, I, I will make sure that if you are the qualified kind that I'm willing to, to work with, you'll know about what it, what it comes down to if you want to play. So it's all good. Um, hi, Rhonda. Susan, how many screens do you want? I don't, I don't think I understand your question, Susan. Oh, screens. Ha <laughs> ha, got it. <laughs> uh, something where I could hold a Sinopolis was kind of what I was thinking. So it's a five to eight house type of thing. Not doesn't need to be that many. Anyway, Jeffrey, a little confused. You just said stop talking with agents, brokers. If you're dealing with the broker for your CRE deal, then how are you working around the pain issue? Got it. Uh, with the exception, the exception to the rule is commercial real estate. Um, it is specifically commercial real estate, uh, Jeff. Is when you're dealing with single family houses, I, I still deal direct. I want to deal direct with the owner. In the commercial world, it's going to be tough to deal direct with the owner. And I, those realtors tend to understand 
a little bit more about the their not only their customer, but the fact is I'm gonna ask a ton of questions and I've never had issues getting the answers that I need to the level that I need them. Plus, they're already trained in and more open to things like seller carries and creative structures and exchanges. Those realtors tend to have a little bit more education in that space and they understand about carrying their commission and doing all kinds of creative things. So they're less of a roadblock uh, because their education level is a little bit higher, um, which is great. So I, I don't, we don't have that same struggle to be able to structure a deal. They've, they've been open to some creative structures. I mean, you, you even hear of agents taking things in lieu of their commission, uh, carrying notes on their commission, uh, negotiating seller financing on your behalf, all kinds of stuff. So the, the, that's the kind of the point I'm making there. So, yeah. What do I mean by less regulation in California? Okay, got it. Uh, what I mean is uh, eviction. Just the, the process of eviction for a commercial tenant is different than the process of eviction for a residential. Uh, and the rules are different. Because those rules are different, I can run the business differently. That, bar none, is, is part of the rules that I'm talking about. You know, you, it's more of a fair fight if we have to go to court versus, you know, California just saying the tenant wins. Those are all issues that I don't, I've never wanted to deal with from a California residential real estate side. I see this has caused lots of stir. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Michelle, interested in your comments in buying an REO 12 unit off market and the bank does not have any specific rent rolls, bed bath ratio, etc. Okay, got it. So Michelle, if there's information you need that's missing, that's called the risk and a reason for the bank to carry a note or discount the price, period. One of the two. That's really what it comes down to. You got to leverage that for that very reason. Let's get to Martin's question here. Uh, Martin asks, the seller agreed to a deal on a property. It's really low price. He agreed to 4000 after asking eight. Okay. I'm looking for a fix and flip investor, but wondering would they even consider property so cheap? Also, the property is about an hour away. Any suggestions on finding investors in another state, state that they may want a low-end type of property? Um, okay, I'm assuming this is a single-family house. I don't really know. Um, however, what I'm going to do, uh, if I were you, Martin, is I would look up Craigslist in that particular state. Craigslist for sale by owner, those, real, those people who are selling them probably are the same ones who do rehabs, right? Uh, so I'm going to start there and reverse that listing. I'm calling you not for the house you've listed. I'm calling you because what I want to do is sell you a house. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start there to try to put that together. Um, additionally, there's nothing wrong. Would they even consider property so cheap? Got it. I can't give you a guarantee for an investor identity I don't know. So you've got to begin to build a database of people to find out. I don't know what the appetite for the market is in that area for a property of that kind. Uh, so does that mean that they wouldn't? It, we don't know. And you will never know. Nobody can tell you until you start asking people, what, do you want to buy this? So you've got to be willing to take the risk. You can't get a guarantee this is definitely going to sell until you know and take the temperature of the marketplace, which is why I always want you guys to find houses for buyers, not buyers for houses because you got to get the buyers and interview them to find out what they would buy so that you can feel reasonably confident that you have someone on the other end. That's what I would prefer you guys do. So, um, Jill, residential agents trying to do commercial deals are a recipe for disaster. That's true. This from a licensed agent who has been in both. That is, <laughs> that is absolutely true. Uh, don't, yeah, you got to look for a commercial agent. Just don't even, I don't even want to begin to talk about that that mess. I was speaking about commercial multifamily. Hopefully that's, uh, oh, the property you were speaking about was commercial or multifamily. Okay, well then, yeah, you got to deal with the agent. If you're dealing with an inexperienced agent, again, that's why it's a small unit. Those smaller units are typically dealt with by inexperienced or newer agents. The bigger stuff, you're going to get a different quality of realtor listing, etc. all that. Hey, Courtney. Hello, I am meeting with the seller Saturday. Woo, woo, good stuff about a manufactured home. All right, I have a buyer, but he told me manufactured homes go cheap. How do I determine the value? Value is in the eye of the beholder. How is your 
buyer, it, you don't ask me that. Ask him, how does he determine value? So if you have that buyer, he should have a way that he likes to look at the property. That's what you need to know. You need to ask him, all right, cool. So when you say cheap, what does cheap mean? Just because someone, again, we've always, I want everybody to hear me. All right, stop what you're doing and listen. Never, ever assume anything. Stop assuming you know what any of the words anyone is saying means, even if they're words you say. For example, someone says to me, okay, yeah, but I don't pay much. All right, cool. I get that you don't pay much. How much is not paying much? Because I have my own opinion of what not paying much is. I have my own opinion of what cheap is. So, and, and it's always relative. For example, um, <laughs> I was looking up uh, to buy an airplane. And in my head, I was like, oh man, this is going to cost a lot of money. I was, you know, a little Cessna, what have you. And then I happened to be at a syndication event, no less. And I sat next to a doctor who also happened to own a Cessna. It was pretty cool. And I was like, how much is that anyway? And he was like, oh, we can pick up a used one for about 30 grand. I was like, oh, well, cool. That's cheap was the words that I used. Because in my head, relative to what I was thinking, 30 grand for a small little Cessna was cheap. However, for some of you, you'd be like, that's a lot of money. All right. My point is you don't know. Don't even think you know. Don't even form the words, well, I know my buyer. You don't know. Ask. If you didn't ask, you don't know, and then you're guessing. You're only going to be able to determine value if you understand how they look at it. That's the only thing that matters. How does he value? How I value? I'm not the one cutting you a check. He is. You need to find out how they do it. And when you find out how they do it, then you know what your marketplace is used to when it comes to determining value, and specifically with manufacturing. That's right. We got to follow up with that manufactured home guy. I got to get the. I got to get that guy on the podcast because this keeps coming up, so that you guys can have some interview or information about it. Because I don't do mobile homes; they they roll away. <laughs> I want my house to stay stable <laughs> in the same spot. <laughs> so that's not something I I often do. Anyway, so uh, Courtney, I, I know that's probably not the answer you wanted, but here's what you can do: you can give him a call and say, "Hey, Frank." Um, and I just made up his name. I don't know his name. Hey, Frank, you know what? I was just about, I'm, I'm planning on meeting and going to that property for you. However, before I go, I, I remembered something I wanted to ask. Do you mind if I ask you a question? And don't, and now please hear me, Courtney, use all of those words that I just said. <laughs> don't just go, do you mind if I ask you a question? No, no. You got to use all of those words that I just said. It's called a softening statement uh, is, is what that's called. And then you ask with the question. All right. And then you ask him, Hey, when you've done your deals in the past, typically, how do you determine your value of what you're looking to pay for a particular property? And then he's going to rattle off his list if he's got one. Okay. And if he doesn't have one, then you're going to know he's not real, right? If he can't tell you how he determines his value for a manufactured home, he's not real period. And then you want to find out, uh, okay, so for the last five transactions you did, what did you pay on average for the coach? Or did you buy the coach in the land? Did you buy them separately? I, he's going to have his own answer. You've got to find that out so that you can become a professional information gatherer and make that happen. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, what did she say? I have a plan. I want to be on your love when I grow up. Thank you. Got it. Back to the buyer. Good. Good to know. I can get a plane for the same as a car. Forget car payments. Exactly. I didn't know a plane was that cheap either. The other thing that I didn't realize the, is um, a Lamborghini. You can think about now, first of all, I learned that I, uh, this was years ago and I actually thought I still wanted one. Um, I went to the dealership and I was first let down because I couldn't fit. And that was very frustrating. <laughs> I'm like, short, stubby Italian guys. I'm not any of that. <laughs> short, stubby, or Italian. I'm like, well, great. Well, there goes that. But um, you you could own a Lamborghini or even rent the Lamborghini. You could do various things with the Lamborghini if you wanted the Lamborghini experience instead of, quote, unquote, buying the car. Uh, you know, you can like, oh, I don't have a quarter of a million dollars. Well, you don't really need a quarter of a million dollars. You need about, you know, $1,500 to $2,000 a month. And now you've got the car, if you really, really wanted it that bad. Now, what's really killer, not so much the price of the car, it's the maintenance, it's the tires, it's the oil changes, it's the, all the stuff that goes with it. So just before you go down that road, just keep that in mind. Total cost of ownership is nuts when it comes to that car. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the point was it's 
it was less expensive than I was thinking in my head. Uh, see, more homework. Yes. Susan, wait. You want a stable house, but you live in California. The land is <laughs> a rock and roll. Got it. Yes. Y'all got jokes. All right. So Billy's got another question. Could you please provide an example how you include your sponsor fee in these deals where you raise private capital? How do you explain this to your investors? Um, it's in the document. I don't, I don't even, I'm having trouble. There's nothing special about it. It's, it's in the documentation. Uh, when you do the private offering memorandum, it's just part of it. It's just part of the compensation. So as they're reading the document, they're going to ask, Hey, so what's this 50,000, 70,000, 10,000, whatever it is. Um, that's the fee that goes to us for putting the deal together. That's it. Uh, it's no more complicated than that. It's, that's it. So, um, it's probably too simple of an answer for you, but that's literally it. Let's see. Uh, Mar- Michelle, I asked a question, then my computer froze, and I was just able to get it on. I'll review the recording for your comments. All right, no problem, Michelle. Michelle, you need to get an Apple computer if you don't have one, okay? Uh, amazing that you can fit into a mini, but not a... I know, right, Jill? Did you see that video? I actually, I mean, I can fit into a Mini Cooper. I even fit into a, what's, a, 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 a smart car. I'm like, but a Lamborghini. I can't, I can't do it. it. It made no sense. Anyway. Um, I was, let's see, was Bill saying, Billy is saying, I was unaware of the sponsor fee or acquisition fee. I was unaware of this sponsor fee or acquisition fee. Okay. Um, why, why, I don't, I'm missing the question. Why would you have been aware if you've not done or participated in a syndication yet? You, you, you haven't made it that far. Again, for those who are going to be inside the Raising Private Capital Mastermind group, Hopefully we'll get to the point to where somebody's doing a syndication and we can have that conversation. But I, I didn't. Yeah. You know, so there you go. Uh, how is it determined? Is there generally accepted rule of thumb? Uh, if there is, uh, I've never I've typically determined it as a percentage. Most people tend to put a percentage of the you know, raise or percentage of the purchase price of the property. Everybody's got their own method. There's no. There's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's you, you've got to sell it if it needs to be sold. You just got to provide value. Yeah, this is why I like value-add plays, because if it's the same thing as a commission in the stock market, right? You got to pay that transaction fee or whatever. You've got to make sure that whatever deal you're putting together can absorb that cost and then some. And if it can absorb that cost and then some, it's, it's usually a non-issue. It's when you have a deal that's thin and doesn't absorb that cost that it's going to be an issue. So there is no, it's, it's just a fee, Billy. There, don't, there is no 12-point Excel sheet that says this is the way. It's the same thing that happens with your um, wholesale fee. You know, to, for some, it's, it's this is my number. There is no more rhyme or reason. There's just no more rhyme. It doesn't have to be. There is no, like, legal guideline. This is what it would be, and it has to be in between this on a Wednesday and a Thursday. No, there's nothing like that. Omar, any suggestions for dealing direct with sellers on multifamily commercial real estate? Uh, I typically don't deal direct with sellers uh, on multifamily commercial real estate. I want you to have a broker. There are too many additional moving parts, too many additional moving parts uh, on multifamily commercial real estate. This, again, is everything over five units is what I'm defining. Um, I don't, I, I actually want you to have a broker. There's a certain liability and protection that comes with dealing with a broker that you would not have otherwise, that you just would not have otherwise. I actually want you dealing with a broker in that sense. Uh, six foot seven. What's that? Oh, I had a client who was six, seven and had a mini. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's interesting. Um, no 12-point Excel sheets. I prefer the back of a napkin PAU style. Good point, Billy. Good. Just let it be. It's that, it's that simple. Uh, you're 6'2". Mick has a Mini with lots. I know, right? How can a Mini Cooper have all this extra room but a Lamborghini not? Uh, it's all the engine, I'm telling you. It's all in the engine. Anyway, it's all good. Um, and it's a rough ride, too. I don't know if you've been in one. It's not exactly smooth. All right? Uh, but anyway... That's why I like Germans, German cars, German cars. Really nice, really nice. All right, Martin, what should I put on bandit signs to attract buyers and investors? Your phone number. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I'm just like in my head. Um, everything works and nothing doesn't. There is no, you're going to have to test. So when it comes to marketing, you always have to test. Uh, personally, in fact, let me, let me show you guys something uh, that we are testing right now. Let me, let me find the YouTube channel. And you, so we're going to turn my computer back on so that they can hear this. And this is the video I was talking to you about earlier, Drew. So this is cash flow diary. This wants is, to know. So I want you to, again, so as I play this for you, I just want you to remember everything works and nothing doesn't. And then watch the video and tell me if it sounds familiar. That's all I'm going to say. Cash flow diary wants to know, have you ever considered getting involved in real estate investing? Want to know where to find the money for your deals? Investors are hiding everywhere in plain sight. This new free checklist shows you where to find them. Click here to download it now for free. Here's my point. You could put that on a bandit sign. Have you ever considered getting involved in real estate investing? It's the same thing that I've always said to start your stuff with. Uh, you know, I, I buy houses for cash, cheap, quick, close quick, all cash close, call. Long as you remember to put your phone number, I don't really care. Um, you, you can come up with just about anything. The question is, is what are people going to respond to? That's what you put on there. And I, so I can give you that starting point, but you've got to test. How many phone calls do you receive per sign? That's, the, that's going to be your measure. If you put out 200 signs and you only receive 500 phone calls, then okay, now you know. So now you have a baseline. The next time you put out a different message and see if you get more phone calls. The next time you put out a different message and see if you get more phone calls. And then you've got something to compare it to and you can go, okay, cool. When I say this on these signs, more people call than when I say this on these signs. So this is what I want to go with. And until you do that, there is no, you're not going to get it, quote unquote, right the first time straight out of the box. It's going to be some uh, elements of experimentation. The good thing is somebody's going to call. Now, you really know you messed up if nobody calls, but that's not going to happen. Somebody's going to call. Even if it's only code enforcement, somebody's calling, <laughs> right? So it doesn't really matter. The point is, is somebody's calling. And that's, that's what's important, is you got to put something out there to begin to generate a number, and then you iterate, you compare that to the next one, and you compare that to the next one, and you compare that to the next one until you land on what works. What I can tell you, though, is have you ever considered getting involved in real estate investing works in many different formats. As you saw, I put it on a video. I put it on Facebook posts. I've, I put it on little LED signs. And you can look at uh, Income Infusion, no, not Income, uh, Lead Machine for more of those ideas uh, in terms of what to say and where to say it in order to make that work. The point is, is everything works and nothing doesn't. Tattoo it on your forehead. You know, put it, it, it doesn't really matter. It, it, it is what it is. All right, so um, what's this? What's going on? Oh, okay. Huh? I love that video. Short to the point. Fun, too. Yes, thank you, Sandy. I hear that music in my sleep, no doubt. We do love that song. Um, it, like the video, Rhonda is laughing at... Uh, what did Elizabeth say? Thanks. Say, Michelle, usually in the Lamborghini dreams. Got it, got it, got it. So here, here's the point. Um, uh, the, when it comes to your marketing, you just, I don't care really how you start. I've just given you, I've given you what I've relied on to start that has worked the most in most situations. And as you can see, I'm still using it. Uh, I used it on Facebook. I, I've used it on, now on YouTube uh, as we're migrating to having both of those going. Um, I'm using it, I'm using it everywhere. I use it at networking events. I, I'm using it because it works. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm, all, I'm going to stay there. If I find something that could also work in a different format, uh, I'm going to test and tweak until I get the results that I'm after. And that's part of what this whole entrepreneur thing is about. Testing and tweaking and being willing to take the feedback your marketplace is giving you. 
Um, but I can give you place, great places to start. Great places to start. So hopefully that, that helps and that makes some sense. You know, um, those 10 words have so much power. Yeah, they, those, they, it's only 10 words, but it's, when used in that order together, they, they really make a huge difference, especially when you're using them with the proper intent to actually create a result that generates, you know, the business that you're looking for. Have you ever considered getting involved in real estate investing? Who would have thought how, what that, what those words would lead to? The difference is, is I've said them in various different forms, be that online, offline, video, Facebook, email, blah, 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 more times than you. That's it. Uh, I've just said it a whole lot more than you have. And because I've said it a whole lot more than you have, we've generated a whole lot more results. And, and that's it. There's nothing else. There's nothing else that's different between the two is that I've just said it more and to more people in many different forms. And the more times you say it and the more different forms you say it, it can, it continues to produce results. I mean, there's millions of people on Facebook. I think I did some research last night. There's 160 million unique visits to Facebook per month and the same on YouTube. It's 320 million unique visits. That's a lot of people. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, you don't need that many people in your database to make your business work. But if you can get your message in front of some of those people, that would be also good. Same thing in your local marketplace when you go to do your networking events. 300, 400, 500 people saying that on a monthly basis sounds good. You say, how do I get to 300, 400 people? Well, 30 people per cash flow game, uh, three times a month is 100. It's close to 100 anyway. Right. But you probably set it to maybe 200, if not 300 people to get 30 people at each cash flow game. You can do these things. It just takes focused effort and work to make them happen. Um, You mentioned that depreciation was not applicable for Canadians. Well, to my knowledge, Aaron, you guys can take the depreciation, um, but you typically don't. Uh, At least the Canadians that I've dealt with, they say that it's there. But because the, you don't have a 1031 or you don't have a way of dealing with recapture other than paying the taxes, many of them haven't actually done it. It's not that it's not so it's a not a common it's not as common a practice, say, in the U.S. Uh, from what I from the interactions that I've had from most Canadian real estate investors, that's typically been the case. Now, if you're different then that that's completely fine. Maybe you have a way of totally dealing with that. So uh, it, it tends to work. Sandy's really why. You're funny. Yes, that, that phrase followed by a really why works very, 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 very well. Obviously, um, it, it just does. So the point here, uh, the point being, I think you guys learned a few things today in terms of how much more data it takes to get the apartment building information that you need and um, that you've got to find buyers, sorry, houses for buyers, not buyers for houses. Uh, that's very, very important. And I answered Marvell's question, didn't I? Oh, no. How did we skip this one? I don't know. We did. By the way, Marvell, I, I just, you know, I know you get this all the time. I'm loving just saying your name because it reminds me of comic books and things of that nature. Miss Marvel, Marvel comic books. And I'm sure you get that every day. Anyway, just now I got it out of my system. I'm good. Uh, I need a little help with deal structure, so here are the numbers. The property is vacant with no mortgage. Oh, that's a good start. Uh, the house at ARV is 70 grand, 79. I want to keep the house in a portfolio. The house is three bedroom, one and a half, located in Memphis, Tennessee. Any help would be much appreciated. Okay, uh, Marvel, Mar- Marvel, there's not enough information. You, uh, so deal structure is a result of solving a problem. First of all, I know nothing about the seller and what the problem is. Um, I know nothing about the seller. So I need to know why is the seller selling? And yeah, that's the first question. What problem is the seller trying to solve? Just because it's vacant with no mortgage, that doesn't tell me enough about the problem. Secondly, what is your objective, which is cool, keeping it in the portfolio, that's great, but are you trying to keep it in the portfolio because you want uh, potential capital gains in the future? Is this going to be a lease option? Is this a traditional buy and hold? Or do you plan on using this in some sort of specialized rental, like a corporate rental, vacation rental, or uh, some other ways that way? I, I don't know. Uh, fortunately, you've picked a marketplace I know a little bit about, so that's good. 
Um, uh, however, knowing the zip code would totally help me clear this up, you know, because right now at 79,000, I'm thinking you're dealing in, uh, it could be Midtown, but I don't know, uh, where you are, uh, in the marketplace. Um, and if so, then that's great. And, uh, or it could even be certain, uh, maybe it's Bartlett area. I, I don't really know where the house is. Um, so I've, I've got to understand that. I also have to understand your investor identity and the investor identity of the person that you're looking to serve here. So there's a number of things that are missing in order to be able to give you a, an appropriate answer. So hopefully you watch this, uh, send in the question again with some more of that information that will totally help us, including rent, uh, and you know, rent mounts and all that other things, or is this a fix? I, I can't imagine it's a fix and flip, but yet you give me the numbers for ARV. I, I don't really care about ARV if you're fixing and flipping. I mean, sorry, if you're renting the house, ARV is great. Um, and then as far as deal structure also goes is, are you trying to use private capital? Do you have the cash yourself? Is that cash in retirement plan? Or is the person who has the cash in the retirement plan? As you can see, there's a ton of questions, a ton more questions. So um, probably want to review some of the materials and deals at discounts as well as capital creators. Both of those things will give you some more information when you hear me on the phone, like deals at discounts, uh, action plan number seven is a recording of me on the phone with a seller. You can hear me asking the types of questions that you need to ask. Plus in your quick offer kit, uh, there is a special report. That special report is a special report regarding here's the basic information you need to be getting from a seller when you're especially when you're on site with the property to figure out those things um got it uh what is that aaron saying okay so if someone is willing to accept the recapture say take 100 oh yeah, yeah yeah absolutely if you've got a way of dealing with the recapture knock yourself out um to my understanding canadian tax law doesn't have some of the things that we have in u.s tax law but if, if they want it, go for it. Take it. Take it. Take all of the depreciation you can. Are you kidding? It's great, especially in the year that you need it, in the year that you receive it. Um, yeah, that, that's, all I was, that's all I was trying to say. That's really all I was trying to say. And then there are some countries where, you know, Estonia, Lithuania, et cetera, where it just doesn't even exist anyway. It's just a flat zero. So um, it, it's no, no big deal. But always remember... If you need Quadrant 2 to make the deal work, it's not a deal. You should be able to make a deal without Quadrant 2. If you need Quadrant 2, you don't have a deal. So just keep that in mind. All right. Uh, those of you watching live, we've got a few more minutes. Um, let me know if you got some questions. With the sample Quad 2. The, the, it's not a Quadrant 2 contract. It's, it's, a, it's a basically the documentations of some of the ways that we've done uh, properties. I know Jacob's been working on redacting them so that it's you know, sanitizing, however you want to look at it, uh, those documents. I know he's been working on that um, continuously. It's just it's like 150 pages he's got to go through. I would love to have something to take to the lawyer. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, Jay, quick, how quickly will this Q&A be available to watch again? You said a few things I want to see and hear again. Um, I have no idea how quickly they're made available again. I, do you, True. I have, I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, soon. <laughs> soon. Soon. So, um... Uh, that's the best I can tell you. Just always keep checking, not the live, uh, the lesson library. For those of you that are Cashflow Core members, that's one of the benefits you get is you do have the ability to come back and watch them again and again and again and again. If for some reason you haven't heard my voice enough and you'd like to hear it some more uh, and you want to hear the content over and over and over again and it helps you to get those questions answered, please continue to participate uh, because that's exactly what we would love for you guys to do. Again, uh, as a reminder, um, the, we have the eight keys to capital uh, recap currently available. It will, by, it won't, by the time we meet again on Q&A with Jay, it's going to be gone. So if you want to watch it, now is your shot. If you want to join the mastermind group, now is your shot. Uh, don't be like, hey, when you're doing this again, I, the answer is, is I don't know. I may not do another one because I typically haven't repeated a, a, 
topic in the same year. Um, I just typically haven't done that. Uh, we've already gotten requests for like a buy and hold mastermind and a, 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 um, marketing mastermind to, uh, regarding generating leads and all that type of stuff, like how we do what we do. So, um, and that's on top of everything that we were already planning. So the, the idea of don't, don't, don't count on I'll catch it later unless you mean later is like next year. That, you know, that's a reasonably safe bet. Don't go, oh, I'll get it next time. Uh, otherwise, cause you may not, there may not be a next time simply because we typically only do one subject, that subject once per year. And this is that subject that this is that time. So there you go. Um, this would be your shot at making that happen. Again, you can make sure you're in the Facebook group. You'll be able to do that. Um, Jay, how are you looking to structure the commercial real estate deal in Cali? I have no idea yet. Remember, structure is, you don't come up with the structure. The structure is the solution. It's not the problem. It's not what you start with. So I have no idea what we're, what benefits we're going to be giving away or keeping. I, I don't know. I won't know until I begin to deal with the actual types of properties because they all have different financial characteristics. Uh, I'm, it's a pretty safe bet though that it's going to have a, it's going to be slanted to produce lots of tax advantages, uh, for those that are involved because I, I personally don't need more tax deductions. So I, I tend to be able to slant those deals in favor uh, for those individuals that do need tax deductions. And uh, so that, that's a safe bet that it's going to be heavy on the quadrant two in depreciation and or other tax related benefits. But I don't know, I can't even begin to, I, I can't even begin to guess uh, because if it depends on the condition we buy something in. Uh, also, the lease status, you know, is it at the end of a 10-year term or is it the beginning? Or are we building something from the ground up the, from a development standpoint? Well, probably won't be development because I don't want to deal with the EPA too much because it is California still. Um, and I don't want to deal with it on that level. I'll, I'll inherit something that's already done per se, but I don't want to deal with it on that level. So, you know, I don't know. Too many questions still. Too many questions to even come close to figuring that out. Um uh, let's see. I have I don't know, five multi tabs open. I did it with the webinar last week too. Got it. Awesome. So, uh, guys, gals, people of all ages, hopefully this has been helpful to you uh, today. You've learned something new, um, at least one thing. Uh, one thing. I don't know. And you'll be able to go out there to make those few extra things happen. Um, if you see this ad on YouTube, <laughs> great, you know where it came from. In fact, I'm sure some of you would have been shocked. You're like, have you ever, con yes, I have considered real estate investing. Of course you have. Um, that, and that's completely fine. The, the point is I'm just showing you, I'm out here doing the same thing that you're doing still. Um, and as again, one more reminder, we are still, we have, boom, the two, uh, we're producing three. YouTube videos for you guys now answering very specific questions, etc. Uh, we've got the three or the two podcasts uh, and whatnot uh, to to watch, and we've got the article that's being written. So you've got a number of videos, a number of podcasts, a number of ways to consume more content uh, that will help you continue on this journey, providing you the resources and thought patterns that I think are necessary for you to be the successful person that you're desiring to be. I do hope to see most of you inside the um, mastermind group uh, because if it's your time, it's your time. Let's go make it happen. Uh, I look forward to that. And just as a side note, if you haven't like liked us on Facebook, go do that. Just get that out of the way. That'd be really, really cool. Anyway, uh, it's been fun talking to you guys today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time.